Hey everyone, this is Jamie Bateman. Real quickly, I wanted to share with you something uh, that's been pivotal in the growth and success of my businesses, and that is my partnership with Haven Financial Services. Um, I've been working with Haven for over a year now. Christine Valdez was on episode 70 of this podcast. So go check that out if you want to hear her story. It was a fantastic personal story for sure. But Haven has been awesome. They provide me with monthly reports that are super clear and discernible. And it, that provides me with clarity and focus so that I can do what I do best, which is running my businesses, not preparing financial reports. Um, again, if you're in the market for a top-notch financial service company, uh, or if you just want to check one out, go to www.jamiebateman slash Haven and check out Haven Financial Services. Again, that's jamiebateman slash Haven. I uh, can't recommend them enough. Christine and her team have been fantastic. So I definitely recommend you check out Haven Financial Services at www.jamiebateman forward slash Haven. Let's get back to the show. On this episode of the From Adversity to Abundance podcast, I had a chance to chat with Beth Wasso-Kutz of J.B. Lloyd. Um, she's in the insurance industry. It's a family-run business, and they're experiencing a lot of growth in the business. And Beth is my go-to insurance person for my real estate and and a specifically mortgage note investing, uh, force-placed insurance, and that kind of thing. I do use USAA and some other providers as well, but Beth is kind of my, my knee-jerk go-to person for insurance questions and they have a thriving business, but we go back into her backstory and we cover some real, real challenging times that she went through. Um, you know, she had an unexpected pregnancy at 17 and then, um, dealt with divorce later and then some health issues with her ex-husband, um, and current husband. Um, and some, frankly, death that was associated or came out of one of those health challenges and, and, and certainly other adversity along the way. Um, one of the things that came out of this episode was that, you know, Beth recognizes that she's, uh, there's, there's a plan and she has strong faith and she's not, uh, it's not all about herself. She would do what she needed to do in, at that time during that challenging period and she talks about kind of serving others, you know, seeing challenges as blessings. That's been her way of getting through adversity and getting to an abundance mindset and, um, you know, an abundant financial life that she has now, um, which she points out it wasn't always that way. She um, doesn't come from money, but um, is uh, doing a lot better financially than, than she used to. Um, and she was, like I said, willing to do what it took at that time um, to put her family first, put others first. You know, now she's kind of reaping the rewards. Um, it's not to say she doesn't have challenges now. Yeah, we, it's a really, really good episode. It's, it's, um, she's very well spoken. There are a ton of good takeaways. You know, she has some really good book recommendations at the end and even some kind of day to day personal, uh, you know, health related choices that she makes that I think she would recommend to others. So I really hope you enjoy this episode like I did. And thanks for listening. Inspiring stories of real people overcoming incredible odds to live life to the fullest. We are all guaranteed to face hardships. 
how will we handle the adversity? Join us to be moved by everyday people who have turned poverty into prosperity and weakness into wealth. Be inspired as these relatable heroes get vulnerable. And former counterintelligence investigator Jamie Bateman puts his interviewing skills to the test. Restore your faith in humanity as you experience true Cinderella stories of average people turning surreal struggle and deep despair into booming businesses and financial fortune. Take ownership of the life you are destined to live and turn your adversity into abundance. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of the From Adversity to Abundance podcast. I'm your host, Jamie Bateman, and I'm really excited today. We've got a special guest, Beth Boisseau-Coutts. Um, hopefully, I said that right, Beth. How are you? Yeah. I'm good. How are you? Good. So we caught Beth off guard a little bit. She wasn't 100% sure what we were going to talk about today. So this is going to be very real and very raw, potentially, depending on where we go with it. But uh uh, Beth, I just want to thank you for coming on. I really appreciate it. Um, it's my you, pleasure. Beth, you work, um, you're with J.B. Lloyd, and we've worked together a little bit through uh, my mortgage note investing, uh, and uh, we get forced place insurance or lender placed insurance, different insurance products through you. And I know you all um, do a lot of other types of insurance uh, products, but I'll let you speak for yourself. Who are you and what do you have going on today? Well, you did very well on my name and thank you for having me. Uh, my name is Beth Boiseau-Coots and I uh, am an insurance producer, broker. I specialize in insurance programs for community banks as well as real estate investors. Um, today, I have this going on and um, as usual, we're, we we tend to deal with a lot of lenders and their requirements and just, you know, always juggling. I told somebody recently that I felt like uh, I was double Dutch jump roping on a unicycle while juggling fire, I think is the way I put it. <laughs> wow. But that that was pretty descriptive for that moment. <laughs> pretty accurate. So, yeah, so, been busy, which is good. It's a good thing. Now, we're going to jump back into your backstory, obviously, but um, but before we do, so you've been in the insurance industry for how long? Um, 16 years, little over 16 years. Okay. Um, yeah, I think and I started. It, it, is, in, is it a family my, thing? Yes. Yes. My dad started JB Lloyd in 1988 and then we sold, uh, he still is involved, but we sold to another company in 2016. Got it. Okay. So yeah, for the listeners out there, Beth is kind of my uh, my go-to, even if it's not a, something, a property that I have through uh, insurance through JB Lloyd on, I'll still, uh, Beth, you're the first person I call when I have a question. So I definitely recommend the listeners um, look up JB Lloyd or reach out to Beth. Uh, we can talk later how that how they can do that. But um, so from adversity to abundance, you weren't totally sure what we were going to get into. We're still not 100% sure what we're going to get into. <laughs> But um, you obviously, like everyone, still have problems today, still have challenges today, like you just alluded to, at least on the business side of things. So certainly it's not all rainbows and unicorns and butterflies, blah, blah, blah. But it seems from the outside, you have an abundant life and an abundant mindset um, currently, but it wasn't always that way. So what we want to do is get into 
your backstory and you can pick it up wherever you want to start. Uh, but, you know, focusing on some of the adversity that you've been through on a personal level could be business related, um, could be relationship related. Um, and you were starting to get into that before I hit record. And I said, you know what, let's just hit record. So yeah. why don't you uh, start where you'd like to, and we can, we can go from there. Sure. So I am very grateful every day for the, you know, abundance that we have in life and the comfort that we've achieved. It was not always this way. Um, during I, you know, I currently have four children, three of them are adults and one is 11. And people often laugh at that. They say, don't you know how, you, how that happens? Well, <laughs> my first one, I, I like to say I was the young mom and now I'm the old mom because my first child was born when I was 17. Okay. Which, you know, that really kind of turned things upside down in my house, but I was a strong-willed 17-year-old and I was going to have that baby and I was going to raise him and I was going to be good at it and I was not going to be a welfare mom and that was that. So um, curious, and I, don't, I hate to cut you off, but no, no, um, no. we just had uh, Shante Duffy's episode came out today, actually, and she had an unexpected pregnancy as well. I think it was... 18 or 19. Um, and she talked on the episode about how, you know, she went through a range of emotions and a range of kind of thoughts as to, you know, whether she was going to put her child up for adoption or anything like that. And obviously for many reasons, I can't fully relate to <laughs> what <laughs> you or Shante went through, but I'm just curious, was it, you said you were always, there was no question about it in your mind as far as you raising the child? Nope. Um, I wasn't quite sure how I was going to do it. I just knew that I was going to do it. And, um, so, you know, I made that choice and my parents said, well, you're creative. Let's go to beauty school. So off I went, I went to beauty school and, um, and that was fine. You know, I, I enjoyed that and, you know, it was, it was good for a time. It was a lot of work. I worked in some of the higher end salons and did an apprenticeship. Um, uh, two years after Nick was born, my dad started the business. So that was, you know, a very dry time. Uh, you know, there wasn't a lot of extra and, um, you know, we were used to being able to shop and and do all these things when he was, Mm -hmm. you know, had the comfortable company job. So then there was a period of it being very lean and, um, then I, I married at 24 and, and that was fine and had two more children and uh, divorced him when, let's see, they were, oh my gosh, 17, 10 and eight. And then sadly, he passed away about three years later. So um, we you know had to go through that and that was hmm. that was rough. But, you know, through the through all of this, and I went from hairdressing to an art career of all things. And and I was busy with that, too. And I really enjoyed it. I I was married. So I wasn't the at that time. um, And I'm married again. But at that time, I was married and and not the sole breadwinner. So I was able to have a thriving art business and and design business. And um, and that was a lot of fun. But after I got divorced, I decided I wanted something a little more substantial that didn't require so much work on my part because it was 24 seven and 
it was always, you know, I was paid per project. So mm -hmm. um, and I, I didn't have benefits. So I was actually blessed because I had told some friends, hey, I'm looking for something new to do. Uh, and a friend of mine said, you, my husband thinks you should go into pharmaceutical sales. He was a physician. And I, I thought, well, that's an interesting thought. <laughs> so I, I called a friend of mine who was in pharmaceutical sales and I told her what my other friend had said. And, and she said, Beth, do you have any experience in sales? And I said, no, I do not. And she said, okay, do you have your college degree? And I said, no, I don't have that either. And she said, well, good luck. This was right after I'd gotten divorced. And I said, wow. Okay. <laughs> Thanks. So um, anyway, a few months go by and, and I, in the interim, you know, it was just one of those times, you know, I just had a lot of faith and I, I was able to get a, a little job as a receptionist. My daughter was a high level gymnast. So I became a receptionist at the gym and I worked exactly enough hours to get insurance, <laughs> but I also had enough hours. I could still do painting projects. So I'm like, okay, this is good. And it was funny. I was so incredibly grateful for that job. So well, at this point, you you had gotten divorced. Just so, just I so I'm just gotten divorced. Yes, it and was you had the, you had the three kids. Yourself, I had the three kids. Mm -hmm. and you you didn't have health insurance for that. Well, job. I did once I got that job at the right, gym. Right, but, right, right. Um, got it. So I um I just gotten divorced. So it was the summer of 2004, and um, started dating my current husband during that same time. It was kind of a an interesting time. But at the end of that month of working at the gym, I got a call from the, the gal that had told me, you know, that I was basically up, up a creek with mm -hmm. looking for a job in sales. And she right. said to me, Beth, I have been hired as the district manager for a new energy company in Texas, and I need a sales staff. And I said, well, you know, I don't think I know of anyone, you know, but I'll let you know if I, if I can think of anybody. And she said, well, Beth, would you be interested? And I said, well, but Gwen, I don't have a degree and I don't have mm -hmm. any experience. And she said, well, Beth, do you have a resume? And I said, no. And so she said, well, come over Sunday. So I did. And we cobbled together what was probably the worst history, worst resume <laughs> of all time, but it got me this job, which you know, it doesn't sound like a lot now, but it in 2004 for me, it paid me $50,000 a year and really good benefits plus a generous commission structure. Nice. Yes. So, it, what, so what had changed? I'm curious, like, why did she, I know her position I think changed. she was desperate. Okay. okay. <laughs> <laughs> she must have been, right? No, I think, yeah, I do. I think she was um, so the first week, at that job, I was just like on cloud nine. I was like, "Whoa, I'm in the money now," you know. Right. Well, <laughs> Which is I mean, funny yeah. now. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. Right. Right. It's all relative, right? It's all relative. Because now you're I, making fifty-two thousand. You said. No, yeah, I'm kidding. I know. I'm. I'm, I'm rolling. <laughs> I'm, I'm a high roller. But um, but no. But seriously, so you were making you were you were for a month. You worked the receptionist job, right? And I was you at $10 an hour, $10 an hour. Okay. 37.5 hours a week to get the health insurance. Right. Yep. Got it. And then you did that for a month or two. I did for then, exactly one month. Okay. And then, so, I mean, a $50,000, I mean, that is a big, 
that is a huge jump. Well, and then the commission structure was also very good. So, you know, I had the potential of earning, you know, six figures immediately, really, or pretty, pretty immediately. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was funny because after the first week I had this, um, this inspiration that, you know, oh my God, they hired a, a fake and they're going to figure it out. <laughs> right. And so I went to Barnes and Noble and I bought all the books on sales I could find. And, you know, I've read about a chapter of each one. And then I started going door to door because it was all commercial energy. It, I knew the area I lived in very well. So I, I just started on a corner at an intersection. I started going door to door to businesses because it was fear, Jamie. It was absolute fear driving me. But they, they were um, going to find find you out that you didn't know. They were going to find me out. Yeah, we <laughs> yeah. have hired a fraud. Well, I've heard a lot of successful salespeople and successful entrepreneurs and business people in general who have started out with door to door sales, whether residential, commercial. Because at the end of the day, books are fine; they're great, and honestly, podcasts are great. But you're not going to learn how to sell insurance through a podcast or how to sell, you know, commercial energy through a book, you're going to learn it by doing it. (laughs) So that's exactly right. Okay. Well, it was, um, you know, it's one of those things when you put something out there, you know, you put this energy out there and and you have this, this uh, drive, it doesn't always come back to you in exactly the way you think it will, but it does come back to you. Mm -hmm. I know it sounds kind of yeah. Woo woo. But um, six weeks after my start date, I landed a big account that came to me from it wasn't one of the doors I knocked on, although I did get business that way. Mm-hmm. Um, it was just I talked I had talked to one of the parents at my daughter's gymnastics facility and she said, oh, I work for this company. I'll get you in. Maybe they'd be interested. Well, she did and they did. And I landed the account. And so uh, mid-October. I was the top salesperson in the state of Texas and I remained in that position um, until I left. I was, um, I ended up being hired away and um, which was fortunate because unbeknownst to me at the time, hurricane Katrina had really wiped them out. So we were, they were closing their doors. Um, So I I sort of avoided that pitfall, Hmm. got hired away. And then during, at that time, my dad came to me, he realized there was somebody in the family who, who had the ability to sell and said, I really need you. Um, that, that was a real fortunate happenstance because back in previous October, this was in March, previous October, it turned out my ex-husband had, um, dysplasia in his throat and my current husband who we were dating at the time, he had, they found cancer in his finger and it was a sarcoma. It was very aggressive. Hmm. And then my dad had prostate cancer. Wow. This Fast was all at the same time. This right. was October of 2005. Right. Um, my ex-husband was, he had a very good prognosis. My current husband, his was dire. I mean, this, it was very rare and no, you know, there's like a 0% chance of survival. It was very aggressive. Hmm. He's still alive, by the way. He did survive. Mm-hmm. That's, I mean, I'm very thankful for that. It, it's yeah. not, it's interesting. I mean, you would think when you hear, oh, finger, that's no big deal. And then throat sounds more 
Um, you know, yeah. threatening. But, but his was just pre-cancer. It was like mm-hmm. a little pea-sized deal. And um, they removed it and he was supposed to be fine, but um, he wasn't and he didn't get better. And then around the same time my dad hired me away, he was um, on disability and he could, they were doing radiation and he could only speak six whispered sentences a day. And he had had his own business. So he had, um, you know, it was just, we had to rescind the child support agreement and do all these things. And I didn't, I needed to be at home. That, that was really the bottom line. So I ended up taking a pay cut so that I could go work for the family business, but be at home all the time, you know, because I still had young kids mm-hmm. and, um, hmm. and then, so that's what I did. Um, and it was hard, you know, we were a small business and, you know, my dad was busy and I was the only salesperson and I had to figure out insurance and it, that was no, no easy. Yeah, no, no small task. Yeah. I heard somebody talking yesterday on a podcast actually about small business and how in the beginning, I mean, in, you know, I can relate to this too, but it's just, you're, you're essentially doing everything. You're learning the business, you're learning the business, you're working in the business. Hopefully you're working on the business. And then once in a while, you're working on yourself outside of either of those angles, meaning, you know, making your own uh, growth or your own health and your own personal stuff. So it's it's a lot to juggle. Any entrepreneur can oh, yeah. can relate to that. So, um, and you didn't you didn't know insurance at that point, right? No, I did not. Um. So yeah, that's um that was my you know, illustrious <laughs> beginning into no, this business. <laughs> um, and, you know, sadly he, my ex did not get better and, and he ended up passing away on July 5th, 2007. Hmm. So it was three years after our divorce, but, um, you know, we were talking before this and mm-hmm. one thing we were discussing is that, you know, vehicles are really important when, you know, you have you have a dream to mm-hmm. go from point A to point B, um, but the the fuel of that vehicle, really, what makes it go, what makes it run, is the dream and the vision. And mm-hmm. I have to say that that is really what what made all the difference. Um, because even when insurance in this role was not, you know, it, it was took me back. I had to take a step back, you know, from a income perspective. I knew that it had a lot of potential and I had a passion for the people. Yeah. Um, so, so just, just to be clear, the vehicle is the insurance in this the insurance. Exactly. Right. Or in your case, you know, it yeah. would be new investing. Right. Um, yeah. But the fuel, the fuel of the, of the vehicle is the mm-hmm. dream and the vision that you keep in front of you all the time. And you, you continue to focus on that. And because, you know, sometimes it's hard. Sometimes, you know, there are learning curves. Sometimes there are um, other obstacles in my world. It would be, you know, okay, I've got this risk and I can't find a carrier for it, um, you know, or, or the underwriters are being difficult or, you know, just any number of things. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. you know, gets you through that is, you know, the vision. Right. So you didn't, uh, you know, want to be in insurance when you're eight years old. <laughs> <laughs> that wasn't your dream. <laughs> well, no, it didn't sound very fun. You know, I yeah. had a, a dad who did that, but you know, I didn't, I didn't know, you know, yeah. it doesn't sound fun. It sounds like cardboard, but 
yeah, it's interesting actually. Yeah, you, I think you've told me before that, you know, <laughs> if you don't, if you're at a party and you don't want to talk to people, you just start talking about insurance and then oh, it somehow so you're good. all of a sudden you're all by yourself. <laughs> yes. Uh, and people do not, it was funny when I first got into it, I noticed such a difference because when I had been an artist, people were so interested in that. Mm. Like they would just, that was like so intriguing to them, but insurance mm-hmm. did not have the same effect. And I had thought it was me. It is not me. So, was- um, so that gets to an interesting question that I don't know if, you know, I think it, it always depends on your situation, but people debate, should you follow your passion or should you kind of follow the money? Um, you know, and, and of course it's not black and white and there can be crossover there, but what would you say to somebody a little bit younger than you that's trying to figure out their path. Um, You know, should you, it sounds like you followed your, your passion and maybe that didn't lead you to too much money. (laughs) And you tell me, I mean, you know, would you, would you, what would you take away from that? Well, I, I think it all really all goes back to a person's vision and what, how they see their life and what they want their life to be. Mm -hmm. But you know, that with that disclaimer, I think that it's when you follow your passion, it has the potential to really spoil that for you. Mm. Yeah. That's and good point. you have to be careful with that. Sure. With art, I didn't want to do it for a very long time. And it was because I had, you know, really burnt out on it. With insurance. I, it did, definitely did not start out being my passion, mm-hmm. but it's always interesting. Mm-hmm. I enjoy it and I never know it all. There's always mm-hmm. a challenge. There's always something to learn with yeah. art. I was at the top of my game. I was always in demand. I was always busy. Mm-hmm. There was no more challenges really. Mm. Yeah. So I would say find something you like that challenges you but isn't necessarily your passion because your passion can change. And the other thing is, if you want it to remain your passion, you might as well. um, The way I look at it, I will have time to paint all day eventually Mm -hmm. when I retire. Right. So, yeah, makes a lot of sense. Um, You know, I think it's fine to do something you enjoy, but like I, you made a lot of good points there. Your passions can change and you might end up, kind of ruining your passion if you go if you make it your whole your whole life and you're trying to squeeze more out of it than is there financially maybe and um and you also got to the point of the growth mindset and you know in insurance there's always something to learn um and more to more to do there but yeah i i think i used to think yeah follow your passion and now i think i don't know i think if you if everyone's different but if you do something where you you do kind of follow the money and really try to, when, when I say follow the money, I mean, you're really solving problems for people. Um, you end up potentially enjoying that. And that kind of can become more of a, a passion that you didn't see coming. Um, just my two cents. No, I agree. I mean, really kind of to drill down, it's about serving others too. And yeah. if it were just about money, or just about getting ahead or, you know, and, and there wasn't the human element, uh, you know, you feel like you're serving people, then 
it would be hollow. It'd be shallow. It mean nothing. Yeah. So, I mean, you've, you've definitely hit on a good amount of adversity there. And, um, and again, in this show, adversity to abundance, it's, we don't want to make it sound like, oh, Beth's life was 30 years of adversity and then all abundance. It's not, it's not like that, but, um, what would you say kind of mindset wise, you've already touched on some of this, but what kind of got you through that adversity? Um, you know, how would you characterize your mindset going through those, those troubles? Well, I always, I have a strong faith and I always trusted that there was more and and I, I was being led. I never doubted that for a moment. And, um, I did find that, you know, when I did exert my own will and, oh, you know, this is the, uh, the worldview, the, the, the world's logic of how I should do this or how I should proceed. Mm-hmm. It never worked out as well as when I just mm-hmm. trusted that in that little voice that mm-hmm. was guiding me. Yeah. So I always felt like the ad, you know, the times that were, um, more difficult, I felt like they were, they were for a, a greater good and purpose and that we would get through them. And I, it's funny, we're talking about this because I was just talking to my daughter the other day and she's married, but she lives in New Mexico. And I told her, you know, we're talking about some of this on Mother's Day and I told her that I'm so grateful, not only for where we are now, but for everything that led up to it, mm. I feel mm-hmm. like it was God's will mm-hmm. because everything that led up to now uh, set the foundation. It set the the stage and and gave me the wisdom and the viewpoint, the insight uh, to be the person I am now and to live the life that I've been blessed with. Yeah, that's really good. I mean, yeah. I think it's, you know, not to get too far, you know, into the religion, but, uh, you know, that's. Yeah. Well, um, and, and whatever you call that higher power. No, I mean, I, I agree with you. I mean, it's, and I know there are, you know, passages of the, the Bible that talk about that as far as, you know, seeing everything as a blessing, even things that, um, are difficult to maybe celebrate in the moment. <laughs> yes. Um, but you know, and, and, in hindsight or hopefully soon thereafter, you can see that everything, it sounds like you're getting to the point that everything happens for a reason and it's, and you're part of something bigger. It's not all about Beth. I mean, no offense, but. <laughs> but it's not, it's definitely yeah. not. You, I mean, you I said we, put, we are going to get through this. Go ahead. Well, I put it, I heard it put this way and I loved this. Um, when you're in your life, you, it looks like the back of a tapestry. Everything's oh, just yeah. in there. Yeah. I've heard but that when analogy. you yeah. stand back, you know, you, you see the the full picture and you see yeah. how everything works together and how yeah, it's that's... part of a bigger picture. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's really good. Um, okay. Well, before I fire off some uh, kind of rapid fire questions, is there anything else <laughs> kind of any other lessons you want to take or, or I guess give to the listeners that you've learned through you know, your, your journey from adversity to abundance? 
well, you know, I think have a vision, trust, you know, whichever higher power, you know, calls to mm-hmm. you, you know, whatever you call your higher power. And, and you know, I, I guess I could expound on a lot of different things here. You know, yeah. I, I I like to live my life a certain way. I like to meditate. I like to pray. I like to exercise. I eat very healthy. I do not drink. Mm-hmm. I do not use any substances. You know, I, I think, mm-hmm. you know, but these are, these are just things that work for me. Personal so. choices. Yep. Right. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, that's good. Um, okay. I'm going to fire off some questions. You ready? Okay. Yes, I think so. As ready as you're going to be. What do people misunderstand about you? Um, you know, the feedback I get from people, and I think this is so funny, but they're like, Oh, you know, I just didn't think we're we were gonna be friends because you know, you're like a you're you've got it together and you're you're such a a Barbie doll, and you know, you're always put together. I'm like, girl. You have no idea. <laughs> Definitely not how I see it, but thanks. But yeah, yeah, um, got it. That that makes me laugh. So that's probably the biggest biggest misunderstanding. Yeah. Okay, um, what's one of your biggest failures, and what did you learn from that? Um, it can oh, be business, so personal. Um, doesn't have to be your biggest failure. Just something that comes to mind that you did learn from. Um, well, I'm trying to think of a, a good one. Um, all right, let's, I'll, I'll ask a different one and might, we might get to a similar, uh, answer, but, uh, if you could go back and give your 18 year old self some advice, what would it be? Oh my goodness. I would tell myself to, uh, finish college, which just for your information, I have one year left of a double major and a minor. And oh, eventually wow. I may just do it for fun. Okay. <laughs> I would tell myself to finish college, join the military. Nice. And, you know, go probably more a traditional path. Hmm. But I say this and then I go back to, but everything works together. So, <laughs> right. Yeah. But okay. I told that to my kids. So, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. Got it. If you could have coffee with a, any historical figure, who would you choose? Well, I really like Georgia O'Keeffe. Okay. Uh, she was an innovator and ahead of her time and uh, was very successful in a male dominated business at a time where women were not. Mm-hmm. Uh, I loved her vision, uh, mm-hmm. I loved her aesthetic. So probably her. Nice. That's good. If you had to write a book this year, what would you write about? I would probably write it about my family growing up. Okay. Nice. Okay. Well, we're laying the foundation with this episode a little bit for you. (laughs) Probably won't watch it. (laughs) Um, What's the challenge that you're facing in your, your business right now? Managing the growth. Okay. Can you speak to that a little bit? I mean, this is a business podcast. Um, yes. Well, we've grown. We've grown a lot. And we're, mm-hmm. you know, we've been blessed with business and, and clients like you. And um, mm-hmm. now we're, we're 
challenged with, you know, managing that growth and, mm-hmm. and having the customer service that can attend to the needs that come with the growth. Um, and we're getting there. So yeah. So yeah. what does the business look like? Is it, are you in like all 50 states or, you know, how, what does your business actually look like? Um, and I am what in industries all- are you in? Go ahead. Sorry. Yeah, no, you're fine. Um, I am in all 50 states. Um, again, our focus is really banks and real estate investors. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm probably more heavy on the real estate investors and in mm-hmm. I work both with agents and directly with, with my client, you know, the insurer. Okay. Um, so uh, with that, you know, we have our note people. So we're doing force mm-hmm. plates. We have our fix and flippers. We have our tenant occupied folks. We have our multifamily people. We have our people who are focusing on mobile home parks. So there's just a, you know, subset, you know, within that category, there's quite a few different subcategories. Yeah. So, um, just, and, and along with that, you know, they all have lenders and the lenders have needs. So mm-hmm. it, it's just, you know, it, it grows from there. And so we're just trying to meet the challenges that come with it. And, and, We've made some progress recently, so I've been happy. But, uh, nice. It was kind of frustrating for a minute there. Is that through hiring people or systems or or both? Both, both yeah. hiring people and systems. Um, right. Where you know we're redirecting some of the workflow off. You know, some employees and and having mm-hmm. you know multiple employees handle the incoming requests, things like that. Got it. Okay. Um, what is um, the most important personality trait or an important personality trait for someone to be successful in the insurance industry? Well, I think uh, in the insurance industry, you have to have an eye for detail. And you also have to have a heart for people. So, but in any industry, I really think just having, you know, not to sound corny, but love for your you know fellow humans mm-hmm. is really the most important thing. You know, yeah. you have to treat others the way you want to be treated and, and love thy neighbor as you love yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's so. good. Um, what's one question you wish I'd asked, but I, I didn't ask. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I don't know. I've been taken um, off guard by probably all of them. <laughs> Um, but I will speak to your earlier question about my biggest failure. And I think that is probably not finishing college, even though it had my college, you know, I had a 4.0 and I was going back, but, um, and really loving it, but I made a choice, you know, and decided because of my family and my responsibility to my family to really, really focus on my, my job instead of, Mm -hmm putting myself so thin. And that was in 2010. So that was probably my biggest, I don't know, failure is the right word, but regret. Um, I don't regret it, I guess, but if I could change anything, I would have finished. I know I made the the right choice at the time. Sure. I might have to tweak the question (laughs) going forward. Well, I don't know. I could probably tweak my answer, but (laughs) <laughs> no, that's good um all right and we're we're about to wrap up but uh what occupation other than your own would you like to try if you 
if money wasn't a part of it, if you didn't have a, a small business to to run, um, and let's say you went and finished college, what occupation would you like to try? So that's interesting because honestly, I don't want to try any other occupation. Okay. I want to continue to expand what I'm doing, buy businesses, build other businesses, have you know other ancillary things I'm doing in addition to. Um, so nice. Okay. I really, really, really like what I do. That's great. I might be a nutritionist though. (laughs) My daughter is. So I live, I live through her. (laughs) Got it. Your daughter's a nutritionist in New Mexico. Got it. Okay. Awesome. All right. Well, I, I, this has been really good. It's everyone's story is different. Um, but they're, you know, through these episodes that I've done so far, there've been some common threads, um, with kind of how people have been able to get through or around the adversity that they've had to deal with, whether it's, you know, in some cases it's been self inflicted in other cases, it's just something that happened to the person. And, um, but I think in a lot of ways, even though your story is, is quite different than any that we've had so far, it's some common threads of serving others. There's a bigger kind of plan or, you know, you're a part of something bigger than yourself. Um, and also doing what you need to do at the time. Um, you know, this isn't probably exactly how you, like you said, it's not exactly how you would have envisioned your life turning out, but, um, sounds like you and it looks like you've been you have been very very blessed um and uh would you you have anything to add to to that um you know i i really enjoyed this i i would say you know to people who may be at a a place in their life where they they want to grow in you know in a financial way or a success way read lots of books there are not, so not just the first chapters not just books. the first chapters. Yeah, that was, that was and I, that's been a theme though. Now that time period, I was really spazzy because I was like scared that I was going to mm-hmm. be found out. So I was, didn't have right. a lot of time for reading and I was like, oh my gosh, what can I get from this? But over my life, I've read a ton of books and I read a lot of um, people who've been successful mm-hmm. autobiographies or if they've got a book that they've read, you know, like this is how I did it. I have a whole library of it. And, you know, that's very helpful because you look at each one of those authors as a mentor, you know, you have direct Mm -hmm. access to them and their wisdom. I mean, books are so invaluable. Do you have any, a couple that come to mind? I'm sure you could recommend. Oh my goodness. Yes. Uh, Think and Grow Rich, of course, is the preeminent one. Mm -hmm. Um, And there was a new uh, book that came out by, I think her name is Monica Maine where she modernized the language, but then she had, through a roundabout way, come upon the fifth, I guess the 13th chapter to the book that was not published with the original. And it's really, really good. Um, Another one is, um, oh my gosh, Jeff Olson is the author and I've read it like 20 times. Hold on. I will tell you. If I can see it on my bookshelf. Oh, the slight edge. Okay. I think I've heard of that. Um, it's it's simple. It's such a simple book, but it mm-hmm. is just 
really, really good. Okay. Um, so those are two that or three rather yeah. really, you know, yeah, that that's good. I highly recommend. But if somebody okay. ever wants my book list, I'm happy to share it. Cause I've got a, a whole bunch that I like. Okay, cool. All right. Well, Beth, thank you very much. I know you are juggling a ton of things. As you already said, you're juggling fire on a unicycle or something like that. Um, <laughs> no, but this is a great break. Thank you. Thank you for getting me away from all that. Yeah. It's a nice little break, right? Um, yeah. We're trying to, you know, get, speak to the business owner and the investor and entrepreneur, but, but incorporate the human element. And, and I think this episode has certainly done that. Um, you were faced with a ton of again, adversity that you didn't expect, um, and handled it very well. And, um, yeah, I mean, so I just want to thank you for coming on. How can our listeners reach out to you if they'd like to, um, they can email me at, um, eboiso at lloyd hyphen ins.com. And they can also text or call me at 972-342-4280. You just said, you already said you have too much growth now. (laughs) And then what's uh, J.B. Lloyd's website? Can they check that out? Um, www.lloyd-ins.com. Awesome. So for the note investors and real estate investors, fix and flippers, buy and hold investors, um, I definitely recommend reaching out to Beth if you have any insurance needs or even just questions. She's you're always very responsive, and if you don't know the answer, you know where to find it. So, um, right. So yeah, thank again, you. Beth, thank you very much for coming on. I really appreciate it. Um, thank you for having me. Absolutely, and to our listeners out there, please give us a, a five star rating and a quality review, and don't forget to share the episode with your friends and family and. We thank you very much for spending your most valuable resource with us, your time. Thanks, everyone. Take care. Thanks so much for tuning in to this episode of the From Adversity to Abundance podcast. If you're enjoying the show, please feel free to rate, subscribe, and leave a review wherever you listen to your podcasts. That helps others find the show, and we greatly appreciate it. Thanks again for listening, and we'll catch you in the next episode. Hey there, it's Jamie Bateman. Ever felt boxed in by life's challenges? Dive into my new book, From Adversity to Abundance, Inspiring Stories of Mental, Physical, and Financial Transformation, available now on Amazon. From a former bank robber's redemption to a young entrepreneur's victory over hurdles, these stories are not just inspiration. They're the roadmaps to your transformation. Whether for you or as a powerful gift to friends and family, especially those who might not tune into podcasts, this book is a beacon to a life of abundance. Ignite that inner fire and set your course to the life you've imagined. Purchase yours today on Amazon and light the path for someone you love.